Hey guys, Hunter here. Wanted to ask you a quick favor. Uh, we're really trying to grow the podcast and it would really help us if you would leave us a review. So go on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast and leave us a review. It's going to help more people find out about us. So we appreciate it. Now let's get to the show. back with the Coyote Fitness Podcast. Hunter here coming to you from the Flowwood Studios. But today we have the coach, Lauren Reedy, with us in the studios today. Lauren, glad to have you on the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Hunter. So we are continuing our interviews with our uh, coaches. And so today we're back in Flowood with the uh, afternoon coach, Lauren. And uh, we're going to get to know her a little bit better. So uh, look forward to, uh, for, forward to this discussion today. So Lauren, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us uh, kind of where you grew up and a little bit of, of your background. Yeah, so I am from the area. I grew up in Brandon, Mississippi, and it's actually very funny that this gym is on the same road where I spent a lot of my time. So where is that? At Courthouse Gymnastics, right oh, yeah, down the yeah. road. Is was it there uh, when you were there, at that location, or was it across? In I did the the old location for a little while, and then yeah. transitioned over to this one. I uh I spent a lot of time at the old location watching my sister Reagan do gymnastics. She she did wow. she did a lot of gymnastics over there back in the day. So anyways, that's uh that's funny. Yes. Yep. So grew up in Brandon, went to Brandon High School. Um but again, most of my life was spent at the gym, 12 years of it to be exact. 12 years. 12 so years. how old were you when you started there? I was 4. Wow. 4 years old. And so you went to your what is that? 16? 16. Yep. Yep. It's kind of crazy. It it it's hard to talk about the ending. It definitely, it took an injury, but it wasn't the injury itself that kind of got me out of gymnastics. It was more that it was the first time I had a break mm. in gymnastics and had to, had a moment to think about why I was doing it. Yeah. I just realized so, I was doing so it for other people. Let's talk about that, that journey in gymnastics. So you started at four years old and, uh, I'm guessing your parents just signed you up. Had they done gymnastics before or? Not that I know of. They just decided, hey, let's do Not some that I gymnastics. Know of. My dad was a cheerleader for a year, oh, cool. which is kind of funny, yeah. but no. And so you sign up at, at four, and then you just, I guess you liked it immediately. I did, and I tried other sports. I did a year of softball, okay. and I did a couple years of soccer, and then it was it was really quickly that I had to choose between soccer and gymnastics. Because gymnastics is so time-consuming. They both kind of were, yeah. but definitely gymnastics. I think by the time I was – eight to 10, I was there four times a week, three hours, a three hours a day. Woo. So you were there so. with 12 hours a week doing gymnastics on mm -hmm. top of school. Yep. And then 20 hours by the time I was, you know, up there. So how did you do 20 hours and also do school? So, yep. I went to public school. Um, and when I got out at three o'clock, I would basically get picked up and go straight to the gym. I'd be a little bit early to practice and I'd be at the gym until around eight, sometimes eight thirty, And then I'd wow. come home. Um, I was a pretty good student, yeah. but I might have been doing some homework in class. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, but it was just a, it was just a grind, you know. Wake up, go to school, go to practice, come home, mm -hmm. do homework, eat dinner, and go to sleep. Did you do cheerleading at school? I did not. So you, you was, just you were gymnastics in school. That was I it. I was not a cheerleader at S all. So you did all of that till you were sixteen, and then you said you hurt yourself. What happened? I did. I I broke my ankle. Just right in half had to mm. have surgery 
Um, was this in practice or at a meet or what? It was in practice. It was during a summer. So summer season in gymnastics is post-state competition, post-regionals. And so this is the fun time where you're training for a new level. You're getting to do a lot more uh, newer skills that are fun. And I was just tumbling on the floor and doing one flip after the other. It was probably my second flip into my next flip where I punched with my foot sideways. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of a fluke thing. Ugh. And um, I really think it was the Lord kind of getting my attention. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So it did it hurt pretty bad? It did, but I almost, I, I remember more just crying and, and realizing what just happened. Yeah. You know, than it just feeling pain. Mm-hmm. Um, I can remember it hurting the first night or the first two nights in the splint before I had surgery. Yeah. And then the after surgery, it was just it was just tough getting so, back. So what was that recovery process after surgery? I mean, months for sure. I think there was maybe two weeks where I was in a splint before they put a cast back on. Uh-huh. And then after that, I was back in the gym. I mean, wow! So you just went right back into it, huh? Yeah. I mean, you're if you're injured with one limb, you work out all the other limbs. <laughs> and so I would. When I was talking about this the other day, actually, when I first started working out, I couldn't sweat because it would make my incision infected. Yeah. And so I would do a couple of movements and then I would just sit there and wait for my heart rate to go down. Mm-hmm. And I would just repeat that and wow. I would do that for hours. So how long did you continue on gymnastics before you decided you were done after that? It was really midway through the recovery where uh-huh. I was wrestling with why I was doing it. And the expectation was always to be a college gymnast. And that was the road that I was yeah. about to you know, go so on. So you're doing it to try to like get a college scholarship, doing yeah. it in college and everything. Yeah, for sure. Um, but then I just realized I was like, that'd be seven more years of this. And yeah. just realizing that it wasn't really for me anymore um, was tough. But it was, it was again, I think the Lord telling me he had something different for me. You know, it was like, you've been doing this for a long time, but there's other things out there. So what was that? Let, walk, walk us through that process of the identity shift of, I'm sure you grew up and you did gymnastics all your life. So you're like, I'm a gymnast. And then all of a sudden you're not a gymnast anymore. What was that like? Gosh, it was so tough. Yeah, it was so tough. I think I had probably two years of just being lost kind of depressed a little bit. yeah Yeah. so that was like through height through the end of high school kind of yeah so that was my sophomore year was when I quit and Mm -hmm. I I think I jumped right into tennis like two years (laughs) two months afterwards because I was like well I'll just try it and I made the JV team all right (laughs) um and it was really just because I was fast you know and I could get to the ball but again I didn't play a lot of ball sports that was still kind of tough for me um, but that was just more for fun, which yeah. was different to do something for fun than for like a competitive um, reason. Right. And so I shifted from that and then I went into actually coaching gymnastics in the, in the next year. And so I did that for a little bit to kind of just make some money. Um, but You did that at the courthouse? I did. I did. But the identity shift, I mean, it was still like lost on me mm-hmm. and – that was kind of why, and this is kind of a different conversation, but why I took a gap year before I went to college. Because when you become a junior or senior in high school, it's all of the questions are revolved around what are you going to do with your life or what are you going to study? And I'm like, I've only done one thing. So I really don't know what I'm interested in. And so that was always really overwhelming for me. I relate to that a lot from the end of my baseball career, which was two years after college. And I got released from the baseball team and then I spent the summer and that was just the most depressing summer of my life. I just was wondering if I was going to get picked back up and then realizing I needed to move on with my life and what am I going to do my whole life? I've been a baseball player and I started CrossFit that August and um, 
kind of went straight into that and kind of pick right up into that. And that was a whole, whole other process. So that loss of identity is really, really tough, especially mm-hmm. when you spend, I mean, if you calculate how many hours you spent in the, in the gym doing gymnastics, I mean, it's thousands of hours. Yeah. And, um, all right. So you go on, you decide I'm not going to be a gymnast anymore. You get to do the tennis team, you graduate high school and you decide to take a, a gap year. So what'd you do during that year? did so the gap year is called impact 360 institute it's in georgia it was started by the daughter of the guy who created chick-fil-a so oh wow that we all love yeah um so it is just a nine-month gap year it's an intensive you're getting school credit still for college so it's not a complete waste in that regard um but it was just a space for you to be in really tight-knit community um to be in learning about who you are And I think the reason that I wanted to go was exactly that. They said, you know, we're here to learn who you are first before you figure out what you do. And I was like, I need that. Um, So really, by the end of the year, I still didn't answer the questions of what am I going to go study or what am I going to go do? That was still a question, but I was much more grounded in in who I was and who God made me to be. Um, And with that, I knew that I could go and Mm -hmm. do kind of anything. So you spent the nine months in Georgia. I did eight months. Technically, we did a month in Brazil. Oh, oh, cool. Where in Brazil? I went to Brasilia and then we were in Sao Paulo for about a week as well. How was that? It was good. It was great. The people there are amazing. The food there is amazing. I did a little bit of jujitsu. Hate it. (laughs) Hate it. I just do not like being that close to people. So, uh, but it's, it was interesting for sure. I've never been to Brazil. That's definitely on the, on the, on the bucket list. All right. So you did your, your gap year and then you decided to go on with college. Tell us about that. That's right. Um, so I spent a summer in North Carolina first, just for a job. And that's kind of when I got into rock climbing. What were you doing for work? Um, I was working at Ridgecrest conference center and so I was on the recreation team. So I just spent a lot of time outside, um, you know, coaching people through ropes courses and climbing towers and zip lines. Um, Where in North Carolina was that? That was in Black Mountain. So in the mountains, cool. uh, about 30 minutes from Asheville. Yeah. Um, it was a great time. I lived two summers in North Carolina playing baseball in college. No so I, I loved it over there. Yeah. yeah. I was in uh, New Bern one summer and Wilmington one summer, but mm. we traveled all over. We played in Asheville. So yeah, it's a great place. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful and a lot of, a lot of fun stuff to do. Um, but then from there, went to, came back to Mississippi, um, went to Mississippi college and I studied PR and marketing. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, so I was on my way back here, and I was like, there's got to be some rock climbing place, please, God. (laughs) And there was one tiny, tiny little place behind the Whataburger on County Line. So shout out to the Hangout. Um, It's definitely still going on. It's it's a great place. How high does that that, uh, climb go? Mm, They're like 12 feet. 12 feet, not super high. It's bouldering, so just you and and the wall. So what made you decide to go to Mississippi College? only only the lord i really didn't want to come back to mississippi um but there were a few reasons why i felt led to come back here um and then i knew a bigger college kind of wasn't for me and so um another reason mississippi college gave scholarship to impact students so that was a a big reason (laughs) um so did that and then again didn't really know what i wanted to study knew a little bit more about my strengths as far as just being really organized um, and communicating well, I guess. And so at first I kind of thought I wanted to go into some kind of event planning and PR was a wider branch for that. 
And then I got into it, and PR is not quite that. And it's, you know, it's a lot of reputation upholding and building reservoirs of goodwill for either people or companies. Um, but just projecting reputation is what PR is for the most part. Mm-hmm. So so you, you weren't really interested in that? Was not really interested <laughs> in that at all. Um, so, But I just, I also knew that the Lord would use it in, in whatever way he wanted to, mm-hmm. and that... There are plenty of people who get degrees and don't use them. And uh, so I, say the, I would venture to say the majority of people are yes, in that boat. And I knew that like, honestly, a year in, I was like, that's just going to have to be me. I don't want to necessarily be here any longer. My parents were graciously paying for my college. And so I was like, I don't want to waste their money. I want to be done as quick as I can. And so finish that out in, uh, in three years. Cool. So tell us, all along this time, you know, you had done gymnastics, you spent your entire life just about doing that, and then you picked up tennis. What were you doing for working out or for fitness after all that and through college? Yeah, so really, I was just kind of trying to find what I was interested in. Um, the first bit of college was rock climbing. I was at the hangout a lot. Um, the Healthplex would, had a good deal for Mississippi College students, so I went there and my friend and I did the boot camp class. Yeah. And so the boot camp class was, you know, kind of simulating CrossFit workouts. Um, so I got into those. And then when I started working at Lululemon was when I got introduced to Coyote Fitness mm-hmm. and um, and some of the other gyms. I think at first I tried a gym in Clinton and then eventually transitioned out here once I moved out of Clinton. So when did you start working at Lululemon? Started working at Lululemon December or maybe November of 2021. So, so was that right after you got done with your PR stuff? I was halfway through my senior year. Okay. So it was it was partly uh, because some recommendations about the company. I really had never stepped foot into a Lululemon store. Really, before. you didn't own any Lululemon clothes. I or owned wow. no clothing. <laughs> my first uh, sh- my first shift, I was wearing Old Navy. <laughs> <laughs> they fixed that pretty quick. I bet. Not really. They didn't honestly, say anything I mean. No, you didn't have to wear Lululemon, but the other brands' logos couldn't really be advertised, uh-huh. um, especially, you know, Nike or other big brands. Old Navy wasn't super big, so it didn't matter as much, I don't think. But it was funny. I did get a comment on one of my leggings one time, and somebody had wanted them. And I was like, uh-oh. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I chose to work at Lululemon because I was like, well, this is a career semi with the marketing, but also connected to fitness, which I knew that I still had a passion for. And so I kind of wanted to just try that out and see how that pan out. Cool. And so you worked at Lululemon for how long? It was almost two years. Okay. Yeah. And then you joined Coyote Fitness. When did you join Coyote? Hmm. Let's see. Um, once I graduated in May of 21, I moved back home to Brandon. So I was you know, farther away from Clinton, which is where I was going to the gym. And so one of my coworkers, Rick McKnight. Yeah, Rick. Shout out to Rick. Um, he told me about Coyote Fitness. And so I went to a Bring a Friend Week. I went to really just one session of Bring a Friend Week <laughs> <laughs> in Madison. Uh, and Rick wasn't even there. So I just <laughs> showed up by myself. Um, so did a workout there. And then I was like, well, I'd probably end up at the one in Flowood just because it's closer. So Walked into the Flowwood gym, and there was Tyler Barnett. Yeah. And so he 
I was like, I'll just go tour the place. I'll leave. Think about it. No. Did you sign up on the spot? Not huh? with Tyler Barnett. <laughs> no. So yeah, signed up and uh, started here, I guess, some sometime that summer. That's awesome. So, uh, so tell us a little bit about kind of that first month or so once you joined Coyote. Kind of what was that experience like? What was going through your head? All mm-hmm. that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, well, it's funny. These kind of workouts really cater to my need for change. Um, and different, different mm-hmm. workouts. Um, so my family actually had started doing some CrossFit workouts during the COVID summer when we were all home. And so that's kind of like what grew my love for it. And then when I started here, it was just something different. Mm-hmm. Um, something that you'll learn about me is, and I'm glad we haven't talked about it and we'll give it two seconds of the time here, but like pickleball was a huge thing for me. <laughs> 16 minutes in, um, we got the first pickleball mention. All right. I just, nope, <laughs> there's not going to be any more because my love for it has kind of died, which really? is kind of crazy. Wow. I know. Logan and I have both talked about Did it. Did you just get burned out doing it too much or what? I or guess it's just so. the same thing? I think, I think we had just overexhausted ourselves during yeah. the week and it was something that we had tried to just fit in. And so it just became less fun. And same thing happened with rock climbing, loved it. And then it also died out. And so I have this pattern <laughs> of things kind of dying out in my life, but, um, I've been doing CrossFit for two years now and don't have that happening. And I think it's just because the workouts continue to be different and mm-hmm. to keep it fun for me. Yeah. That's, uh, that's why people, you know, been with at Coyote over 10 years because it's always different. And there's always something to work on and it's not just the same thing over and over and over again, right. which is, which is really fun. So you you joined the gym after bring a friend week and you're like it's something new every single day i like the intensity um i guess you like the community and the coaches and all that type of stuff i did so uh how long was it before you decided i might want to be a coach it was maybe it's funny because i think we had that conversation really early on Mm -hmm. like tyler kind of put it in my head a little bit at the very beginning and then it just didn't feel like it was the right time yet. Um, and then sometime, I guess it was the next June. So June around 2022, um, I got a retention call from Tyler and he was like, Hey, what are you doing? And like, right. And I was like, right now. (laughs) And he was like, yeah. And I was like, well, I was actually in the middle of kind of planning for myself what my next year's goals would be. And I kind of felt like I was about to leave Lululemon, but didn't exactly know where I was going to go. And so I was just praying about it and planning that over the next year, I was going to give myself some time to get myself a new job. And immediately Tyler was like, why don't you apply to Coyote? And I was like, why are you hiring? (laughs) (laughs) And so I guess once that conversation started, and then I had a conversation with Caleb a few weeks later, um, it was sometime in July where it was like a real possibility for me. Um, but once I got the green light, I might've given Lulu the, the notice like the next day. Wow. So I was excited. So you were, once he kind of brought it up, you were, you got really excited about the idea of being a coach. I was. What, I, what was exciting about it to you? I think I was thinking about how much I loved coaching gymnastics mm-hmm. in the years prior. And then also realizing even at Lululemon, my favorite part was when I got to train new people. Um, to how to how to do the job you know and so I was like this this training and teaching and coaching um, keeps coming up for me and so I kind of felt like I was made for it to an extent Um, and what I loved more was that instead of just selling clothes for people to 
go get fit. I could actually sell. Hey, Fitness. let's get fit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So you uh, just kind of jumped in head first. I did. And you were the very first person that went through our coaches training process. I did. Right? So good you were the, weeks. you were the Guinea pig. I was. So how, how was that? How did that go? It was good. It definitely had some, <laughs> some spots where it needed some improvement, but um, it was good because I got to go around and get coached by all of the coaches. And I think that was one of the best things because every coach has got their own strength mm -hmm. and every coach brings a something a little bit different to their classes. And so to get to do that was, was invaluable. So you, you did training for five weeks and then you took over as afternoon coach mm -hmm. and the afternoon coach in Florida, that's a pretty, uh, pretty tough gig, right? It was. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's a uh, pr pretty packed classes. You're, uh, you're, you're not, you're not warming up with four or five people at all. Are no. You? And from class to class, like back to back hours, I had to learn really quickly the time management, um, but also how to, how to manage 20 adults, you know, it's not kids, it's adults. Yeah. So it's a little different. Um, yeah, we just have a great time. So one of my favorite things that I saw you do early on was pull out the box to stand on <laughs> so you can teach. I love box the, That's the first person that I've seen do that, and I was like, that's just awesome. I love that. Yeah, well, when you're small, you, <laughs> you kinda, gotta you gotta you gotta improvise, that's right? That's right. <laughs> so you've been uh, coaching in the afternoons for a while now. What are what are some of the things you like most about coaching? Oh man. So if you know me at all, you know that uh, I can cry pretty easily. And some things that uh, most of my members probably don't know or I don't think many of them have seen is that when I'm actually watching somebody, if they get a new skill, like if, they, if it finally clicks and they get it, or if I'm just watching like a, a father and a son or, you know, some family kind of working out together, it really gets me. Like I will actually start to tear up just watching people. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I think I'm just inspired by people um, coming in every day, their consistency to, to their health and their fitness. Um, and I love just getting to help people do that. That's awesome. One of my favorite things about the job is seeing the parents pass on health and fitness to their kids and getting their kids involved and making it just normal that they go to the gym and seeing their kids progress um, and I, I, I tell them this, I'm like, you're giving your, your, your kids an invaluable gift and giving them this passion for health and fitness that they're going to keep for the rest of their life mm -hmm. because they're going to go off to college and they're going to continue to do it just because that's what they do normally. And I was coaching, I was filling in coaching <laughs> a week or two ago and there was a kid, um, in class that I used to coach in kids class way back in the day. Mm. And then he was doing 135 power, five power, pound power cleans. Like they were nothing. And mm. I was just like, gosh, it's just so cool to see this progression of Amazing. a kid's class, um, six, seven, eight year old to mm. now, you know, uh, he can sling a barbell around and yeah. then seeing, you know, the kids that go off to college and then when they come back in town, they come and join for, for the summer or for Christmas or whatever. That's, yeah. I mean, to me, there's not many gifts that you can give your kids that, that is better than giving them the gift of health and fitness. So that's, yeah. it's so cool to see. And I've seen, I've seen the opposite of that too, you know, parents giving them to their kids but I've seen kids giving it to their parents mm -hmm. you know when you see the older parents coming in here I know one that she gifted her dad PT sessions and so he did some personal training sessions with Caleb one-on-one -on -one for maybe two weeks and then decided he wanted to join class and has been doing class ever since and just to see his progression of weights that he can use That's now awesome. movements that he can do he can do toes to bar 
and it's just it's wild it's so cool to see that's how it went for me is i was the one that joined and then i kept talking about to my family over and over and over again until eventually they all joined and that's right my mom still tells me to this day she's so grateful that i got the whole family involved because Mm. you know they both my parents they feel better than they did before they started 10 over you know probably close to 15 years ago and Mm. um they're op- my mom is able to run around and play with the grandkids. And my dad's able to work out in the yard and um, they're able to do the things that they want to do still when there's a lot of people their age that aren't. And mm. so, um, you know, the older you get, the more perspective you get in realizing that I really just want to be able to do the things I want to do for as long as I can. That's and, right. and that's what it becomes. And so when the the kid is the one giving it to their parents, they, they can see how valuable it is. So that's, mm-hmm. that's really cool. Well, what else? Tell us some, uh, uh, what are some other things that really stick out to you about coaching or some big wins that you can think of on top of your head? I know you have some nutrition clients. I do. I do. I have a few nutrition clients and I, with nutrition, what I really love is kind of giving people freedom. You know, it's, it's kind of the opposite of what you normally think when you're thinking about food or diets, you think about limitations and restrictions but what nutrition coaching does is actually opens up a world of of freedom like how do how can I eat well for my body and then still enjoy the things that I love to enjoy or how do the how does the enjoyable foods evolve over time once you start you know feeding your body really good things um so I love getting to do that I love to see people's progress with nutrition um, with just their bodies changing, them getting really excited about clothes fitting differently and getting comments from other people, um, just noticing their hard work. Um, other than that, just in coaching, I, I just love getting to connect with people. Um, it's been the coolest thing as I've been planning a wedding, um, just having everybody in their specialties and strengths help me uh, in their ways. And so just it being an atmosphere of connection is really important to me. So, so we hadn't even talked about that. You're engaged. I'm engaged. So when are, when are you getting married? Uh, May 25th. That's exciting. Yes. And so you're in the midst of the, the planning process. How is that going? I am. At the at the beginning, it was very overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was almost immediate once I got engaged. Um, people were asking what the date was. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know. Like, was I supposed to have that planned beforehand? And so once I got back from our trip, it was just one thing after another with big decisions. And some of those were really overwhelming. But now it's kind of getting to the spot where it's slowing down a little bit. I get to kind of take more time to think about some of the detailed things. So it's that's more fun. That's awesome. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about coaching and then we'll move on and talk about your trip and all that fun Absolutely. stuff. So um, any any final thoughts that you want to pass on to some of your members or people that are listening that you think can help or just any words of encouragement or anything else that you want to share with people? Mm. Yeah. Um, really just to my members, I just kind of want to thank you for just taking a chance on me, giving me time to learn. Um, it takes, it takes a lot to learn the job that we do. And Mm -hmm. so, um, just to have from, to have the patience from, from members who had been here for a long time and even the new ones coming in just to, trust me to coach them well um, and to lead them in class so just thank y'all um, and then also it's it's a blessing to me to get to do this every day um, and to get to help each one of you with your goals whether that is getting a skill or losing some weight or getting stronger or helping you walk upstairs without getting out of breath you know all of those are really important to me um, because they're important to you guys so thank you that's awesome that's 
I love to hear the the coaches with a thankful heart because <laughs> that's what it comes down to. You know, we're we're here for them, and we wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for the members. And yeah. I'm just so grateful for so many people trusting us with their health and fitness because you and I both know how important it is. You know, yeah. and, and the older I get, the more the more I appreciate it. And um, so that's that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, well, let's move on to the next segment. Outside the box. <laughs> So you haven't seen me do that. I haven't. (laughs) (laughs) That was really good. (laughs) Got a lot of practice. So uh, let's, uh, you know, know, my wife asked me if I get nervous before I do do that. Do you? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) You just do it. You just do it. That's awesome. I actually, I I sing in that voice to her sometimes. She gets really mad. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Uh, So let's, let's talk about your trip when you got engaged. So tell us about that. Awesome. Yeah. So Logan and I, Logan is my fiance, for those who don't know, but. We took a trip to Jordan uh, at the beginning of October, and if you know what was happening in the world at that time, it was actually uh, ended up being a semi-frightening time yeah. over there. Um, but again, the Lord had a hand on on kind of the trip. So at the very beginning, got to Jordan, and the whole first part of the trip was kind of vacation. So seeing a lot of really cool places like Petra and the Dead Sea and the Red Sea. Um, and then we got to Wadi Rum, which is this beautiful desert, which is where we got engaged. And it was the, the night before we went to Wadi Rum was when the attack happened over in uh, Israel. And so that's kind of when we went black for a day because we were in the desert getting engaged mm. and everybody else Everybody's was freaking, freaking out. out. <laughs> like, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I didn't have my phone for like probably a day and a half. Uh, there was four adults over there sharing one phone charger. So all of our phones were on 20% or less. And um, But... Yeah, Logan had planned for months, which I did I did doubt him that this was going to happen. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I did. Uh, I had hoped that it would happen, and everybody in the gym was telling me that it was going to happen, although they had no idea. They just was, they were hopeful with me. Um, but, yeah, I got engaged in the desert, so it was very cool. It was very cool. Um, and then over the next couple of days, just getting to share that with people uh, via FaceTime and message messaging and um just enjoying the rest of our time in jordan with our friends before we came back i i remember before a couple of months before that y'all are going to california and everybody's like you think they're yeah. gonna get engaged <laughs> yeah. out there and then and then you didn't we we're like oh man okay next time next time <laughs> next time well he was saving for something even better that's so. right that's so right. what tell us about jordan itself what were some of your favorite things about it man jordan is beautiful there's i didn't even really know what what to expect and this was maybe one of the first trips where i didn't have a hand in planning all of it i just kind of released that to our friends that were over there and so they kind of took us on this tour of the this country that they had been living in um and so i really loved wadi rum was honestly probably one of my favorite places it's just beautiful um, I also freaked out every time I saw a camel. I thought it was the coolest thing just to see camels everywhere. Um, did but you ride one? I didn't. I oh. didn't. I know. They're kind of really big and a little yeah, scary. They are. But <laughs> <laughs> could you have if you wanted to? Um, I could have. There was one opportunity in Petra, but the the scene in Petra is very, very touristy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was it was just not the right thing for us at the time. But that's one thing that I've noticed from just traveling overseas is how many tourists there are everywhere. So many, <laughs> so many. And they we were, are everywhere. We were almost, you know, nervous that after the attack, there wouldn't have been as many. Uh-huh. And we went on this other trip, you know, down south to this place called Wadi Mujib, where we hiked this water canyon. It was very cool. There were so many tourists still over there. And so we were like, oh, we're good. <laughs> 
we're safe. So, um, but also the the people over there. This was shocking to me because I, you know, I guess I'm just coming from over here, and you know, the things that we hear in media. There's a lot of stereotypes that we have, and and going over there, you really just you put all of those to rest. All the people were so incredibly kind and welcoming. Um, they loved to see Americans over there and they, they would say just welcome, welcome, welcome all the time. Um, and they loved the kids that we were with. They, they would just pick them up and kiss them. Um, and they were very generous Mm -hmm. with with what they had. That's awesome. Just incredible people. And you have some friends that live over there. We do. We do. There were two families that lived over there and we just really got to learn a lot from them, from what they were doing and kind of how they were raising their family in, in a different country. Um, and so that was that was a really cool experience. Logan uh, likes to say that this trip for us was more of a couple's retreat than a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it kind of was. So, uh, do y'all have any trips planned in the future? I've talked about anywhere else you want to go or have yeah. you even thought ahead at all? A little bit. Logan and I, we very much like to have something on, on the on the books. I'm the same way. I always have like to have something to look forward to. Yeah. So, this time it's just our honeymoon. Where, y'all, where are y'all going? Um, we think we're going to go to Honduras. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's a little different, but It awesome. is different. We've got another another family uh, friends that live over there. And so, you're going to go spend your honeymoon with friends? We're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Um, no, they're just offering us a little Airbnb home. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. Awesome. That'll be great. It'll be awesome. Um, uh, I've never been to Honduras. Have you been before? I've not. I've not. That'll be fun. Well, um, any other places or trips that you have planned in the future or thought about? Or what's the number one place you want to go to? Oh, goodness. Off the top of your head. Oh, gosh. Um, ugh, Scotland. Scotland. I really want to go to Scotland. Cool. Yeah. I don't know if it's just that I'm obsessed with the accents or uh, <laughs> I just think it's going to be it's a beautiful, beautiful place. Yeah, yeah, I hear it's beautiful. Yeah. All right, well, let's uh, let's wrap it up with some recommends. I know you you had a TV show we talked about that you wanted to recommend everybody. So yes, this one is just a classic, guys. You got to <laughs> jump back on it if you haven't already. It is Survivor. Survivor, <laughs> yeah. What season are they on now? It's got to be like forty five oh, or something. 50. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think it's forty five. Do they do two a year? They do. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we need it. <laughs> Um, so I think it comes out every Wednesday. We watch it every Thursday um, in my home. So. Where is the Survivor going on right now? It's Fiji. Honestly, Fiji. I think that they've stopped going to different places. I think they're only going to Fiji now. Oh, really? They mm-hmm. do the same place every time. Yeah, I mean it looks a little different, but yeah, I think it's Fiji every time. So this one's a this one's a good season. So uh, if you're down, you should watch it. It's on Paramount. So I have a, a TV show as well, and I was telling you about this off mic. So. If you watch the Squid Game on Netflix, which it, uh, I'm sure everybody's heard of it, it blew up. I think it was either last year or the year before when it came out, and it just took took Netflix by storm. Well, they're redoing it as a reality show, and they're um, using real people, and um, it's going on currently. And we have just been fascinated by it. It has been so good. Mm-hmm. We just got, I I saw it, and I was like, I'm, I'm not a big reality show person, so I I didn't really want to watch it. And then my brother was like, You got to watch the Squid Game <laughs> thing, and so. We, we put it on and we watched the first five episodes in one night and, and it was the, it was the day of the iron ball. And my wife's a huge Alabama fan. She was like, I'm just as emotionally invested as this show as I am in as, as the iron ball, because wow. it is really, really well done. And they really t- demand a lot of these people and it just really wears on them. And people are crying like crazy left and right. And oh. the show gets really good. And it's a lot of the same games from the, the show on Netflix, but they also invent some new ones and they really make it a lot of, uh, a lot of scheming and backstabbing and, mm. and that type of thing. So 
Uh, we watched the next four episodes, which came out last night, and then there's the final. It's down to three people now, and the final episode, I think, maybe comes out next week or the week after, so I'm really mm. looking forward to that. But the winner wins, I think, four and a half million dollars, I think, is what the winner's Whoa. going. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Holy yeah. cow. So if you watched the original Squid Game, you would definitely like this. Wow. If not, go watch the original Squid Game and then watch mm. the reality show because it's been so good. It's all on Netflix. So definitely recommend checking that out if you uh, got some free time over uh, mm. over Christmas break. So anything you want to add before we uh, wrap it up, Lauren? No, just thank you for having me. Yeah. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, glad you came on. It was fun. And uh, if you are ever in Flowood and take the afternoon class, you will know a little bit more about Lauren today. That's so right. uh, that's good. <laughs> well, thanks for uh, tuning in, everyone, and we will catch you next time. Silky smooth sounds.